It's not really about that anymore. <laughs> so we're on text 40, rather, huh? 40. 40, yeah. Right. Is it on the board? I can't. No, we all have You all have your little devices, okay. <clears throat> so, let's go. Also, I mean, somebody can have this book. You want to take the book? I have a computer. I can read it off of there. You all right? We don't have so many computers. Can we? Have yeah, you take the book. Right. Huh? Anyway, other people want to see it. That's okay. I'm so used to reading off a computer now. A book is such a strange thing. Yeah, text for you. Tataha Archa Achayam Harim Kichit Samshadaya Saparyaya Upasate Upasta Api Na Artada Purushadisham Dator Chayam Tator Chayam Harim Kichit Shamshadaya Samarvyaya Upasta Upastapi Narta Dha Purusha Disham Tatorchayam Harim Kichit Samshadayas Saparyaya Upasata Upastapi Narthada Purushadisham Tatorchayam Harim Kichit Samshadaya Saparyaya Upasata Upastapi Narthada Purushadisham Narthada 
Personality of Godhead. The form of the Lord being identical with the Lord. Someone. Someone. 
Samshadhaya with great faith. Saparyaya and with the required paraphernalia. Upasate worships. Upasta api. Although worshipping the deity, with faith and regularity, na not artada beneficial, purushadisham for those who are envious of Lord Vishnu and his devotees. Translation, sometimes the neophyte devotee offers all the paraphernalia for worshipping the Lord, and he factually worships the Lord as the deity, but because he is envious of the authorized devotees of Lord Vishnu, the Lord is never satisfied with his devotional service. Srila Prabhupada's purport. Deity worship is especially meant for purifying the neophyte devotees. Actually, however, preaching is more important. In Bhagavad Gita 1869, it is said, Natya Tasman if one wants to be recognized by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he must preach the glories of the Lord. One who worships the deity must therefore be extremely respectful to preachers. Otherwise, simply worshiping the deity will keep one on the lower stage of devotion. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namani Namaste Sarasate Deve Gaudavari Pucharani Nivishesha Shunyavari Paschachadeva Sutari Omangyanam Timbaram Dasya Garam Jana Shavakaya Chaksur Militum Jainam Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Anjakalpatrubhyas Chakrapa Sindhu Viva Shapatita so, in the previous verse, it's mentioned that uh, deity worship was introduced uh, in the temple uh, uh, with all paraphernalia. When people saw in the beginning of Treta Yuga, bad dealings among brahmanas and vaishnavas. So for that reason, um, the, the, uh, from the beginning of Treta, uh, the idea of deity worship was then uh, introduced um, um, because in Satya Yuga, uh, was just meditating on Lord Vishnu. There's a different Yuga Dharma, 
and then Treta Yuga, uh, uh, sacrifice, and then uh, Dwarpa Yuga uh, is Uh, the Dwarpa Yuga is uh, for actually deity worship, the, the Yuga Dharma. Um, and then uh, Kali Yuga, it's chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Um, so here it says, although the, the, the the Yuga Dharma for Dwarpa Yuga is actually deity worship, that it was introduced, uh, it says here at the beginning of, of Treta Yuga, where the Yuga Dharma uh, is, is sacrifice. Um, yeah, he doesn't say this here, but sometimes when it says at, at the, at, at the, at the Something is introduced at the end that means the beginning. Some place in Bhagavatam, you know, the, which end is the beginning and which end is the, the end of the, of the yuga, depends on whether you're looking back or forwards. So some place like that. Any, anyway, the point is here that uh, uh, deity worship is introduced uh, to repair uh, help people get over um, what, what the, the previous verse is called uh, mutually disrespectful dealings uh, between uh, mitha nrinam between human beings but especially um, uh, 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 yeah when people saw this happening then the sages and the brahmanas introduced this uh, this uh, deity worship. So, um, then uh, th this uh, this verse is kind of interesting because um, this Purusha Dvisham, uh, for those who are envious of Purusha, and the word for word, envious of Lord Vishnu and his devotees uh, uh, but in the translation it's just mentioned devotees uh, one because he's envious of the authorized devotees of the Lord the Lord is never satisfied with his devotional service because the word what the reference of the word Purusha Purusha can mean the Lord but, but it can also just mean a person so, uh, Prabhupada has it different ways because some acharyas understand it one way and some acharyas may never, previous commentators, I mean, may, may un understand it another way uh, like that. Uh, but the point of repairing relationships by deity worship is that it's a personal relationship. 
if you're worshiping the Lord as a person, uh, that that person is there uh, in the form of the deity. And <clears throat> and Prabhupada says here the that this art uh, the the deity is Krishna himself because. <coughs> just as we understand that Krishna is absolute so there's no difference between Krishna and Krishna's name similarly there's no difference between Krishna and Krishna's picture or statue the same principle is there uh, this is the absolute nature of, of, of the Lord uh, and, and that uh, that he can be ma manifest fully and completely in these particular forms, although some people may not be able to recognize it. So therefore, we are, we are taught by Prabhupada how the deity in the temple uh, we treat with great respect. Uh, he mentions uh, how our deity worship has to be done with this consciousness that... that uh, the Lord is there. Prabhupada tells, in one lecture, tells the story. Uh, uh, in Calcutta, uh, there's a, f a famous uh, uh, jurist, uh, judge, or legal authority named Ashatosh Mukherjee, very famous in Bengal. And there's a statue of him in some square in, in Calcutta where he sits in that statue uh, all year long and the crows sit on his head in the west we tend to have pigeons but in India it's crows who are the, the vermin birds that go everywhere so the crows uh, are sitting on his head and shoulders all, all, all year long and they're uh, defecating on the statue so, they, so over the course of the year I should tell Mukherjee's statue becomes covered with the stool of crows. But on this day, that's, they're going to honor him on, I guess, probably his birthday. He says, in the morning, uh, 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 the city dispatches people, uh, men with brushes, to clean the statue, and clean all the stool, the stool of the crows off with the statues in the morning. Then in the afternoon, <coughs> there's a ceremony and dignitaries gather and they put garlands around the statue. <coughs> of Asatosh Mukherjee. So Prabhupada laughs and then he says, in the morning, the municipal brush, the city brush, and in the afternoon, garlands. He said, our deity worship is not like that. You can't simply neglect. And I remember once going to some, some Hindu temple in, in Detroit, wasn't an ISKCON temple, and I see there's going to be a ceremony and somebody's taking a statue, a deity of Lord Krishna, and just going to change the clothes. He takes the, the, the deity puts it down on the ground like this, you know, over his nose, completely, <laughs> and he's clearly thinking this is a statue. Uh, 
uh, and uh, but for us, we're taught no. The deity is a person, and we're respecting him like uh, like the Lord in the temple, and therefore, bait woken up, fed, bathed, dressed, so on. Uh, we have these. Uh, this is what's introduced with with uh, uh, some shraddha, with some shraddha, with great faith, uh, and and with uh, all required uh, uh, paraphernalia. And so Prabhupada taught us very carefully how to, how to uh, worship uh, the deity. Uh, but uh, here, uh, the other thing that Prabhupada really wants to uh, point out is that you, if you, uh, you your philosophy can't be love God and hate the devotees. Sometimes I've seen this among pujaris. <laughs> they spend all their time with the Lord, who's like perfect and wonderful, and then when it comes to dealing with devotees, they, they get a little frustrated because they're, they're, uh, they talk back sometimes. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he wants to make this 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 point about uh, is very beneficial is to uh, the importance of cultivating proper relationships uh, with uh, devotees. If one just worships the deity but is not respectful to devotees, especially those, he says, who are preachers, then, then um, uh, 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 one, will, one will not be recognized by the Lord. No. I mean, this because we are now, uh, the Yuga Dharma is Sankirtan. And the word sam, like here we see in this word, samshradaya, with great faith, sam can be an all-purpose kind of intensifier, but it also means together. So Sankirtan means that you are uh, not only is a complete or full uh, kirtan, but it also means together with devotees. That is basically we are cultivating the holy name in the association of devotees. That's sankirtan. Uh, when the Lord comes to propagate sankirtan, he doesn't just come by himself. He's got there's five of them. The panchatattva. He's already a society already a group, and then uh, everybody joins together in, in, in chanting with, them, with, with all the devotees. Um, so really, in, in Kali Yuga, one cannot really make advancement uh, very easily by being a, a solitary worshiper. Uh, one, one needs the association of devotees. And it's more powerful because if you study the nature of Lord Krishna, you discover that God himself has a religion. I mean, if you ask anybody, what's God's religion? Well, he doesn't have to have religion, he's God, right? No, but actually he does. He worships devotees. That's his religion. 
that's what he does. That's why Lord Chaitanya appears. Krishna comes as a devotee. Be because it's described in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that, that his, his main devotee, his most devoted devotee, is Srimati Radharani. And he's amazed by her. And he says, you know, when I look at, when I look at Radharani, I, I see that she's enjoying even more bliss than I am. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Sorry. I'm asking about the little child. Is it okay for you to speak? I'm sorry? The little child is not making any disturbance for you. If what? The little child is not making a disturbance for you. Oh no, I'm okay with the child. I can blot out the child. <laughs> I grew up with children. I have, you know, three children, so I'm not one of those sannyasis that are <laughs> distracted by children. <laughs> There's normal background noise after a while, but I'm okay. Unless it's somebody else's father. Oh, no. But important news for the child. Right? Happy child. So, 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 uh, yeah. So, 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 Radharani is his is his uh, uh, biggest devotee. He says she's enjoying more bliss than I am, and her love for me is amazing. I, I can't. It's hard for me to understand how how deep it is and how profound it is. And I see she's enjoying more bliss than I am. And then he, then Krishna wonders, what is it about me that inspires such love in, in her? I wonder what I look like from her point of view. For with these three desires, he decides I'm going to take on her <coughs> Her complexion and her, her bhava, her, her emotions. And that's Lord Chaitanya. So many people want to be God. That's their idea of success, is basically be a, you know, a God somewhere. At least be worshipped by a few people. Uh, so people are looking for that position. You know, we all have, in the material world, everyone's got some kind of God project, you know, to be the enjoyer and to be the controller is a God project. Some people, you know, they want to control a lot and enjoy a lot, but other people, they just, as prophets say, you get one dog and then you're the master. You have one devotee who doesn't criticize you because it's a dog. Uh, so people are all trying to be God, but God himself, he, he wants to be a devotee. So this is the inner dynamics of the Supreme Lord. So that's his tribute to devotees. He's not going to be left out of being a devotee, so therefore he comes with Sankirtan and uh, becomes a devotee, acts as a devotee, uh, uh, increases his own bliss uh, this way, 
and gives it to others, is also the most liberal. Gives it very freely. And the other reason, one reason, whenever Krishna appears with his Vrindavan pastimes, um, the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, then in that Kali Yuga, he comes as Lord Chaitanya. And it says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, because Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes are so elevated, that, that, that although when Krishna came uh, and, and showed his Vrindavan pastimes, he brought this, uh, like a treasure house of Krishna Prema. <coughs> but actually it was locked. Very few people had the qualifications to, to understand it. But then when Lord Chaitanya, when the Lord Chaitanya came with his associates, and together they chanted and danced the Panchatattva. They, they, they broke open the lock and just plundered the contents, just stole everything out of that storehouse of love of God and gave it to everyone that didn't care whether they were worthy or unworthy, fit or unfit, just spread it. That's how it's described in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So for us especially, we are in the, the, the Sankirtan movement. Sankirtan means we are practicing together with, uh, with other devotees. And so for us, we really have to uh, uh, cultivate respect and high regard for the devotees. And that turns out to be very difficult sometimes. Devotee relationships are uh, not not easy, uh, and one reason is uh, we come from uh, devotees come from all different backgrounds, all different nations, all different levels of society. When I, my my wife and I, we moved into a temple to practice Krishna consciousness because in those days, if you weren't living in a temple, practically you could have. This is like 1971, you know, 70, you couldn't have devotee association. And none of the temple devotees considered you a devotee unless you lived in the temple. Because there was this kind of uh, uh, 60s hippie communes, you know, and that was like the way to live. So I picked that up. And, and so to, to live outside and be a householder and have your own place and a job and everything like that. Yeah, you gave it all up, you dropped it all and you moved into a temple. And, and uh, so we did that, basically. Although I, I, I was a, a graduate student uh, and I just finished four, three years of religious, graduate religious studies for the PhD, and devotees all told me, you should quit, you should stop. But I thought, well, I got three years, it's religious studies, maybe it's useful, and me, before I just dump the whole thing. So I asked the temple president to inquire from Prabhupada, what should I do, and Prabhupada uh, got the word back to me that, that I, no, he, I should finish and get a PhD. And everybody, everybody else said, no, no, you should quit anyway. He's just telling you that because you're attached. <laughs> there was so. Uh, 
But anyway, that's how I, I, I ended up, you know, living in a temple. And that was when I first got to know the human race. I think because however friends you make on the, on the material platform is all based on social compatibility or intellectual compatibility or whatever, you know, the people that you... And so you don't get to astrological compatibility, whatever it is, you know, you, 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 get, you meet somebody and, you know, in five minutes you know whether you're going to pursue this relationship or go somewhere else. But when you're now in the temple with devotees, you know, they're, they're not necessarily the kind of people that on a material basis you would ever associate with. But now you're supposed to do it because you have one big thing in common, they're devotees of, of, of Krishna. Um, so it's a big art how to associate with devotees and, 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 and deal with them. And, and, uh, not everyone is advanced. And sometimes uh, people are not dealing with their own uh, difficulties and they look for uh, that other people are having problems too. They f become fault finders. This happened in Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. You may know the story of Ramachandra Puri, who had offended. Uh, he, he was a godbrother of Ishwara Puri, and, 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 and uh, Lord Chaitanya's spiritual master. But he had offended Madhavendra Puri, their spiritual master. He had offended him in his last days. And therefore, he didn't receive the mercy of his spiritual master and was not actually, had become basically a Mayavadi. But his job was to criticize devotees. That's what he was doing. And he would, he would come to come to, uh, every time he'd come to Puri, where Lord Chaitanya was there, where the devotees say, you know, you know, all the followers of Lord Chaitanya and associates, they eat so much. He became a, like a big, a big critic of eaters. They have, and they even offended, he went to Lord Chaitanya and said, I see answer here, that means there was sugar here. You were eating sugar. And, and, and uh, you know, so this is the kind of people. So you see that kind of thing where it becomes very difficult uh, with that kind of a person sometimes around in the society of devotees, how to deal with them. And Lord, how Lord Chaitanya, well, because, because he was a godbrother of Ishwar Puri, his sannyas guru. And so he, he, Lord Chaitanya just said, no, no, he's right, I have a sannyasi, I should eat less, you know, I, uh, he's, he's, quite, he's quite correct. And he reduced his eating and he stopped going to uh, the houses of his devotees for, for lunch or at least ate very little. And everybody was pretty upset and they told him, you know, he's a fault finder. Some, they said his nature is... He sits down with somebody and says, have some more to eat, have some more to eat. And then later he said, did, did you see how much he ate? <laughs> he said, this is his nature. But Lord Jaitanya is very careful. He's saying he's right, I should, should, we shouldn't eat so much. And so, 
As long as he was around, people were kind of unhappy because Lord Chaitanya wasn't wasn't eating very much and householders that he would go to to take prasadam at the house. They, it was very difficult. And so then after he left, then gradually they went back to their old, their regular custom. But anyway, the point is, 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 is that there may be difficulties, but we need, we need to learn how, how to deal with that very fruitfully. Uh, and sometimes you have to respect people for what their ideals are rather than what they are uh, actually like. Or just the fact that they are attracted to Krishna consciousness and trying to be a devotee is a wonderful thing. Uh, uh, so, so uh, this is this is. Uh, Prabhupada has emphasized. You know, he Prabhupada himself saw his spiritual master's mission fall apart because the devotees couldn't get along with each other. They divided into different camps. They stopped working together in a unified way. Uh, uh, they were always, they were, many of them were critical of each other. Uh, and then when, when, when Prabhupada, see Prabhupada himself was a householder. Uh, all the leaders in Bhakti Siddhanta's movement, they were sannyasis. Bhakti Siddhanta had mats. Mats means a place where brahmacharis live. It's a monastery. So the Gaudiya Mat was all monasteries. Householders were like outside people. And even Prabhupada said once, I was a rotten householder. Meaning that's how they thought of him. Uh, and so they didn't think of him as being a very important person. Uh, nevertheless, he had been ordered uh, to uh, uh, spread Krishna consciousness in English. That when you say to preach in English, it means go to the West. Because the whole focus of the Gaudiya Mat was to go to the West. I mean, they were working on it almost from the very beginning. Uh, that meant uh, preaching and writing in English. There was, when they thought of the West, they thought of England, first of all, because it was a, you know, India was an English colony. And, and Calcutta, up until 1914, was the headquarters of the British Empire in the East. So it was like practically a, you know, a world city. And so the educated Bengalis in Calcutta were very conscious of themselves as, you know, part of something bigger. And culturally, they were uh, following fashions, intellectual fashions, uh, from London. And so, that's why Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, started um, uh, journals uh, in Bengali, but among like the kind of uh, elite, uh, the, what they call the Bhadraluk the gentle people, the, the educated elite of Calcutta, and introducing Krishna consciousness to them. Because Lord Chaitanya's movement had fallen into scandalous things. Uh, and, 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 
and people thought of it as a kind of a village religion where they have weird sexual practices because this is what had happened to many people who claimed to be followers of, of, of Lord Chaitanya and uh, and so he took this you know uh, native Bengali religion you could call it like that I mean and began to spread it to the intellectual elite of Calcutta in his journals because that was the way in the 19th century and uh, 18th century in London everybody sat around in coffee houses writing journal articles and reading journals and that's when ideas were disseminated uh, that was the style in, the, in, in those days um, uh, in England and probably all over Europe, there's coffee house intellectuals and everybody's writing uh, journals and, uh, and, and, and so on. So that's what Bhaktivinoda Thakur did. He brought it into the, 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 the modern world. So his, his main journal was called Sajjana Toshi. It was his main publication. He had several, but this is one of the main ones. So Bhakti Siddhanta turned that journal into an English language publication. Like his father's flagship publication, you know, was became in 1928 The Harmonist. And that meant that they were thinking of going to the West because it was English language. So this way when Prabhupada was told, you know, in his first meeting you should you oh you went to an English language college in in in, in uh, uh, Scottish Church's college was the medium of instruction was English, so therefore you you know English, so therefore you you know you should push on this movement in English. And also, Prabhupada, the last letter Prabhupada got from Bhakti Siddhanta, just like two weeks before he he, he left this world, was again to to teach in in English. And, and so Prabhupada did that. But he was never, he was a householder. You know, he had to get disentangled before he took the you know, oh, you know, so time passed. So other people had been going, you know, Bhama Maharaja had gone to London and, and, uh, and, uh, and so on. So when Prabhupada came to America and suddenly had a following and then brought a bunch of Western uh, disciples back to India, you know, they were really startled that this happened. And they didn't appreciate him very much. Oh, all those uh, people, are, they're just hippies, you know, they're very low class people. They said about Srila Prabhupada. Uh, at the same time, I remember once early on a pilgrimage in Mayapur, we were walking down the street and we see these different uh, you know, temples, we go inside, there's some sannyasi there talking to people. We go in and offer obeisances. And the sannyasi invites, you know, beckons us over. And we sit down and we're sitting there. And he's got a little audience. And he's talking to them. And we're thinking, oh, he's pointing to us and talking to the audience in Bengali. We don't understand it. What he's saying. We think he's glorifying. Look what Prabhupada has done, you know. And then we're told... Jai. 
And then, then we're told uh, not to go into those temples because when we were sitting there, the guy was saying in Bengali, these are my Western disciples. <laughs> so this is, this is the thing that was going on. So there were bad relationships, you know. Even then they couldn't appreciate what Prabhupada has done. They get a little envious in that way. Uh, 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 so we understand these difficulties are there. Uh, um, uh, establishing and maintaining good devotee relationships. But here, you know, Prabhupada wants to tell us how uh, important uh, uh, they are. Uh, and that, uh, uh, and especially he wants to say, you know, the, 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 the preacher the one who's bringing other people to Krishna consciousness is, as he quotes from Bhagavad Gita 1869, Krishna is very appreciative of that people, persons that gives Krishna consciousness uh, to others, and very, very satisfied. Uh, and uh, so it becomes recognized by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And I think Prabhupada understood that that when he came to the West, he didn't have any institutional support. The Indian government would only let him take 40 rupees out of the country, so he didn't have any money. Uh, he had you know, one volume of Bhagavatams in, a, in, a, in some trunks that he had himself translated all by himself. And what I discovered when I was doing research on this little book about, about Srila Prabhupada's position, is Bhakti Siddhanta, you know, had sent uh, preachers to London in 1933. Before they left, they had a book. It was supposed to be a three-volume book. Uh, but the, when the first volume was printed, that's what they took with it. And, and uh, we got a copy of one of those original volumes that was printed, you know, in 1932 in Madras, India, and it was first class. I mean, it was an old book by then. It was the binding was still strong. The paper was first class paper. It was. Uh, proofread very carefully. I couldn't find a typographical error anywhere in it. You know, that was the book they took with them. And also it was written on a very, very high level, actually. Uh, uh, they spent so much effort. So when those people, those three preachers went to, went to, uh, went to London, you know, they would have something impressive uh, with them. Uh, and uh, uh, then, of course, what happened is, I mean, the preachers went in 1933. So uh, I always understood that Krishna is in charge of timing. Uh, and one thing, other thing that happened in 1933 was that uh, that was the year Hitler came to power in Germany. So really, all hell was going to break loose. 
literally. Uh, and uh, and they preached there, but, but you know, it got so far. Bhaktisiddhanta became upset with his main preacher, Bhan Maharaj, brought him back, told the Maharaj of Chapur not to give him any more money. They were going to build a temple in London. It was going to be funded by the Maharaj of Chapur, a very, very rich man. That was their big plan. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't go any further. Prabhupada did the same, followed the same idea as Bhakti Siddhanta, went with, but he had to go by himself. He had to do the books by himself. Uh, but he preached. And he just thought, let me see what will happen. I'll just try to do something in my old age. Prabhupada very publicly, in, in talks, he said, my spiritual master, when I was a young man, he told me to go to the West. But because I was so entangled with householder life, I didn't do anything until my old age. And I thought, let me just try to satisfy my spiritual master. So I've come and I couldn't do very much, but you nice American boys and girls are helping me. So now I've done something to satisfy my spiritual master. I have to thank you. Well, that's another characteristic of a great devotee. They're truly humble. I have to thank you. And now I can do something at, at the fag end of my life, as he called it, the, the very tail end of my life, to do something to satisfy my spiritual master. So Prabhupada, that's the exemplary great devotee. Uh, when we advance in Krishna consciousness, the, actually we become humbler. Uh, because, as Lord Chaitanya started, Trinadapi Sumiche, you know, you become, that's how, that's how you advance. Uh, and if you if you look at the, the last uh, chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita, where, where Lord Chaitanya is reciting one after the other the Shishastika prayers to Swarup Damodar and, and Ramananda Roy, uh, this, the, the Shishastika prayers is given in Sanskrit, it's Sanskrit prayers, but then he discusses them, their meaning in Bengali. And uh, Krishnas Kaviraj also tells how Lord Chaitanya's feelings when he recites them. After that, dhanya is always, humility is always there. His, his, his diet, as he goes on, his humility increases. So that should be our goal, not to become big, but to become little. Uh, to become uh, small. Uh, and not looking for honor, recognition. Yeah, whatever, let Krishna take care of that. That's not my business. My business is to serve Krishna. And the reason that devotees seek out humility is not for its own sake, uh, but because when humility increases, love for Krishna increases. And it's that that the devotees are seeking. And they discover that uh, uh, when uh, they feel more and more humble, genuinely humble, not pretend humble, uh, but real, real, real humility—they become 
their, their appreciation for Krishna increases and their appreciation for other devotees increases. And they, they think, oh, I'm a devotee, but it's only because of the mercy of other people that I'm a devotee. I really, I don't belong, all these exalted people. This is the true feelings of a devotee. And they feel that way because their love for Krishna is there. And then they love Krishna, then they love the people that Krishna loves, which are devotees. So this is how we should cultivate this. I mean, Krishna should be the center of our relationship. Uh, we have a relationship with each other because, because Krishna is there. We are all together because we are all worshipping Krishna. And even if somebody is a hypocrite, well, you can express... The, 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 the English writer Oscar Wilde said that uh, uh, hypocrisy is the homage that vice pays to virtue. But at least you pretend to be humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good thing, you know. <laughs> so, it's a kind of respect, too, if you want to pretend. <laughs> at least, yeah. Uh, so you can accept it in that way. Anyway, I should stop now. Any questions or comments? So, what was the book they brought to England? It was called Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Uh, I have a scan of it if you want, I can, I can give it to you, I scan. We got it uh, from Interlibrary Loan, you know, because I, I, I was wanted to find the book, and I saw I could get it online, published by the, uh, uh, the, the Sri Godiya Mat in Calcutta, two volumes. Because he originally was supposed to be a three-volume book, the, the author is Nishikant Sanyal who was probably Bhakti Siddhanta's right-hand man for English language preaching. He was a professor of history at Ravenshaw College in, in Kutak, in Orissa, and also an English language school. So Nishikant Sadyal was very good in English, and a professor. And uh, so there was supposed to be this three-volume book, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, uh, and uh, when that first volume was printed, and they don't get to Chaitanya until after about 80, up to page 80. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but anyway, when I got the book, when I got the book that's printed recently, uh, a reprint, they had a second volume, because the second volume was never published. Uh, Nishikant Sanyal had written it, but it wasn't published. Uh, it had never been published. And the third volume, I don't think he even wrote it. He passed away, you know, sometime in the, I think, the early 40s. Um, he died young. Uh, so then I realized, but the, the, the ones I got, I, ones I, the two volumes I got from the uh, Sri Chaitanya Mat in Calcutta, the Sri Godiya in Calcutta, uh, they had edited it. So I said, well, you know, I, I don't know what changes they made or what they've done. So I wanted to get a, the original. So Shraddha checked out and found out, you know, there was a, a copy in some university library. And so through it, it went to the Philadelphia library and they got it for me. And then we scanned it. And that's when I had the original thing. I, I was so impressed by how 
the original binding was there. You see it came from London. You can see it was from some bookseller in London originally. It was in a university library in America. And I saw, you know, the quality of the paper, especially when you compare with Popeye's bottle of times, you know, they were falling apart. And, you know, because he, he had no money and he had to do it all by himself. And he was the only writer, the only editor, the only everything, you know, practically. And the typesetting, I know how they did typesetting in those days, they did it by hand. You know, there was little English typesetting by people who didn't know English. They just, just had a, you know, I know because I, I went to high school in Taiwan and I edited our high school, uh, Taipei American School newspaper, and I had to have a typeset by Chinese typesetters who had little tweezers and they said type, you know, picking up the letters, and they didn't know English. They just followed along, you know, without even... So Prabhupada, I'm sure, had the same kind of typesetters, you know, the same system, this is even earlier, but by hand, you know, no machine to type, linotype machine or anything to set type. And so to, 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 to get, you know, that volume so perfect, uh, in 1932 in Madras was like really an achievement. I mean, they must have really, really worked hard. Because of course, you know, they were going to London and they wanted to make an impression upon the intellectual elite. That was really their aim. They thought that Krishna consciousness is so high level and sophisticated that only the most educated, cultivated people would be able to appreciate it. And Prabhupada had that expectation too. If you read the, the preface to the second volume, he was thinking the same way, that the, the educated people will accept this. And when he came to America, the people he, who went to him were not what he was expecting. And basically long-haired hippies, you know. And when, he, when people began to move into the ashram, Prabhupada did their wash for them. And they didn't, or, you know, you, you wore a pair of blue jeans for three or four weeks and they maybe thought of washing it. Anyway. <laughs> so that, 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 that's how, 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 uh, anyway, the, the, so this book was, was, uh, so I did, I, I scanned the original copy, because I was looking to see where this word founder Charya came from. I was, you know, Prabhupada title founder Charya. When I got, I managed to get uh, from India a, 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 a good uh, facsimile reprint of the Harmonist. And I found out when I started looking at it that Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have that title. And I thought, wow, where did it come from? He was president. Uh, he was Acharya, sometimes they had a hyphenated president Acharya, but no founder Acharya. And then when I got to, saw so what their other big English language literature was, the Sri Krishna Chaitanya got a copy of it. And that's where I discovered that the term founder Acharya was used specifically as the, you might say, the term of art for the Sampradaya Acharyas from Madhva, Rupanduga. Uh, uh, Ramanuja, uh, Shridhar, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you know they are. 
this for the, the, these four sampradaya sampradaya acharyas, uh, Vishnu Swami Nimarta, this was their you know, this was their their special title. The four founder there is you know there's a section of the book the four founder acharyas for the Iron Age. So that led to some other thing. Oh, wow, Prabhupada used that. Bhakti Siddhanta never had the title anyway. There's a whole uh, thing about it, but but that's 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 why I got the book. See, this is what you learn. This is scholarship, right? You become obsessive, compulsive, tracking things down, trying to find books that nobody read to find out where did it come from. You know, like when I didn't see in the harmonist. <laughs> That, 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 that Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have the title of founder Acharya. If I say he didn't have the title, if it shows up one time, I'm wrong. So I have to read every page, you scan every page to see what, what his titles are, make a list of them all, and so on. This is what you learn in graduate school, right? How to be like that. And then, of course, I discovered in two places Nishikan Sanyal. Uh, in, 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 in 1930, and again in 1936, refers to Bhakti as founder Acharya, although he never officially had that title. And my conclusion is that Bhakti Siddhanta was planning to go to England. As soon as there was a temple there, he was going to go to England and then come to America. That was his plan. And the title was being prepared for him by his disciples, founder Acharya. See, see in, 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 the, in the Gaudiya Mat, uh, titles were given out to all kinds of devotees all the time. Like, like Nishikant Sanyal, his, his initiated name, Professor Sanyal was his karmi name, his initiated name was Narayandas, but he was awarded the title Bhakti Sudhakar by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Every year they had a ceremony in which Bhakti Siddhanta gave his disciples titles. And it was a big ceremonial occasion. They called up, praised by, by Bhakti Siddhanta, other people glorified him, given a garland and awarded a title. It was not like, you know, something comes in the mail and you have that title. You know? It was a big ceremonial occasion. So, I believe that when Bhakti Siddhanta would have gone to the West, that title was already being prepared to offer to him. You never would take a title yourself. Somebody would offer it to you. That was the practice. Uh, of course, everybody knew that. Anyway, that was how it was done. That was the etiquette. Even like when Prabhupada got the title Bhaktivedanta, there was a ceremony. So it was very important. And th that's why when, when Prabhupada came to America, nobody knew any etiquette. But when he saw, or became convinced that the movement was established, that's when all of a sudden he becomes founder Acharya. You know, and it shows up in the second issue of Back to God in magazine then in the fourth issue, then disappears for a while, and then when, when uh, some of, uh, one of Prabhupada's godbrothers begins to preach, 
to Prabhupada's disciples against Prabhupada and reinitiates them when they, they went to India and stayed in his ashram and he you know gave them initiation. We initiated his own disciples. You know. Then Prabhupada said, okay, then we're going to insist on this title. It has to it has to be there. But anyway, that's the history. That's the history of that. Yeah? Psychic psychic means together, mm-hmm. but it also means the most confused. Or the yeah, yeah. The prefix has two two meanings. So what would that mean? Uh, well, one thing it means that that one should chant the holy name. The complete chanting of the holy name has to be there. That means one has to cultivate the holy name and try to chant without offenses. Uh, when you cultivate the holy name, we should be going through all the stages of advancement of nishta, ruchi, asakti, and so until Krishna Prema is there. That's Sankirtan too. And, and, and th- that that's what the, the gifts of the Holy Name, when the Holy Name is fully revealed, you, you have a very close relationship with Krishna. That's Sankirtan. That's also. Just doing japa can be Sankirtan in that way. But it also means a group. That's another thing. Yeah. Both meanings are there. Can you say something about why Iskand did not fall apart as Gaudiya Mat fell apart? Well, it is still a work in progress, I tell you. It's come close a few times, and you notice we have split off groups, splinter groups, arithmetics, and this and the other thing. Um, but Prabhupada did something. Uh, see, Bhakti Siddhanta. His last night on earth, he gave the order to form a governing body commission with names listed. This should be the governing body commission with the idea that they would manage the society. Didn't name anybody as the next Acharya. But that wasn't followed. Because what happened is that uh, God, his name just flew out of my head this is happening to me in my old age proper names get wings and fly away uh, um, Siddhanta's general manager for the Gaudiya Mat who had been a householder and uh, was uh, was at the the uh, Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. Uh, took sannyas quickly and then claimed to be the next Acharya. There were more spiritual people. He was a very good manager. People were always complaining about him. His name will show up. So you don't remember? <laughs> um, you became another Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but but his uh, anyway anyway he was he was the the general manager. People complained about were always complaining about him to Bhakti Siddhanta. They said he was stealing money and that he was a householder, 
And, you know, anyway, they had many complaints about it, and Bucky said, I said, I need him, because he was a very, very good manager. Uh, so, so he uh, then uh, took Sunyas and claimed to be the next Acharya. And the people that thought he was not good enough uh, didn't like that. They decided to go, for, they took Ananda Vasudev, Bhakti Sananda's secretary, who was apparently very advanced. He was the guy that Bhakti Siddhanta would mention a verse and he could always quote the verse when Bhakti Siddhanta was lecturing, you know. What is that verse? He'd say, you know, know, knew the Shastra better than anybody, you know. His secretary, Ananda Vasudev. So people got behind him and made him the Acharya. His headquarters was the Sri Chaitanya, was, was the Gaudiya Mat in Calcutta. And so then you had two main temples, the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur and, and the Gaudiya uh, Mat in Calcutta. That was the big opulent marble temple that Bhakti Siddhanta told, told Srila Prabhupada that he was disgusted with it, you know, because they were fighting over who would get which rooms and all that stuff. That was the split between these two competing gurus. So what Prabhupada did is he didn't, he formed the GBC early on and had them meet every year in Mayapur. It was very interesting, first GBC meeting that at least they took notes for, you know. Prabhupada had a secretary to take, to write down resolutions. They used parliamentary procedure. Uh, there's a book in uh, the Robert's Rules of Order, which are all the rules that Parliament. Somebody makes a motion, I, I, uh, you know, I pro- makes a proposal. Somebody else seconds the proposal. There's a discussion, and then you vote. And then, if the vote is there, it becomes a, a resolution. So Prabhupada did the exact thing with the first, with the, with the GBC when they met the first time. I was, what, 75 in Mayapur. Was he sat down with him. He raised his hand and voted with him. Just showed him how, how to do it. To, to, and then every year you're going to meet, it's the annual general meeting. You see the word GBC, Governing Body Commission? Like if you're an American, you hear that? We don't have such a phrase. It sounds very British to us. And it turns out the Indian Railways, its governing body, which was all over India, you know, that was the big achievement, the most impressive thing was these railroads connecting all the Indian cities, big Indian cities. Their governing body was called the Governing Body Commission. And you can visit it. Their office is preserved in Westminster in London. You can visit the, the <laughs> office of the original governing body commission of the Indian Railways is still preserved in, in, in London. So, so it's a very modernization idea, this GBC. Uh, uh, and Bhakti Siddhanta had it, but it was never implemented. Or they did implement it, but it was disregarded, you know, by by the other, other people. Uh, so Prabhupada sat down 
had somebody take notes. That's the first notes we have in 19... He had appointed the GBC earlier, but then in 75 in Mayapur, and said you should meet here every year for your annual general meeting, which is which, uh, something that companies have. So that, that's, that, that, to me, is like the main reason. Uh, because then, of course, the big controversy came who's going to be the initiating gurus. And, uh, but these initiating gurus, whoever they were, were under the GBC's direction. They weren't, they weren't uh, independent of the GBC. Uh, uh, but, how to, then, then it, but then it seemed to people in the beginning, wow, you know, we've got two kind of managing structures. One is the GBC and the other is the gurus, because the gurus had been this, done with the idea that each had its zone and whatever that you were in that geographical zone, that was the, that was the, uh, the guru. If you didn't want to take initiation from your zonal guru, you had to move somewhere else, practically. Otherwise, you were considered offensive by anybody else. It was, and, and, and to me, I became very active, finally, in trying to get rid of this, not the gurus, but the zonal, the territorial requirement. Because after a while, the whole world was taken up. You couldn't make any new gurus because somebody had to give off part of their territory. And then it was becoming the individual guru zones were more unified than ISKCON as a whole. And that was the problem, as far as I and some other people. So we had the so-called guru reform movement. I mean, some gurus had fallen down, that was another thing. But, but the system itself, to me, was going to tear the movement apart. Because sometimes gurus didn't get along with each other, and, you know, you know, one guru from one zone would not allow anybody to go to the other zone and things. So you could see it was going to fall apart. And so that's why, basically, the idea was that this guru reform movement was to get rid of the property requirement for being a guru. You know, it's a minimum thing that, that we wanted to make it a little, make it easier to be a guru. Uh, not because I didn't think that, that that a whole bunch of people wanted to be gurus, but just to get rid of this idea of you, you had to have a certain territory. So that also kept the movement together. Otherwise, I think it would have split uh, right then. And the GBC would have simply become a formality because the real power and the resources were all in the, the zone of Acharyas. And to some extent it's still going on. Some people say they're still anyway, but that's another thing. But but that 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 was that was another idea to keep the, the GBC actually as the supreme uh, ultimate managing authority, as as, as Prabhupada said. But uh, but you know, at one time somebody had become upset with the with the with with uh, with the GBC uh, and had gone to one of Prabhupada's godbrothers, uh, and that godbrother had said, you know, 
that that the people that Prabhupada had originally named to be initiating gurus, these people were not under the GBC. Because he said, how can the unfit judge the fit? That was his idea. The Prabhupada, the Prabhupada when I asked, you know, who, who how initiations go on, he named some people. So this uh, senior devotee's ideas, those were the fit people. But, but he was one of the ones that was against the GBC with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He didn't care for it, he said. Some, I have a tape where he was being, some uh, people were talking to this Sridhar Swami, uh, talking to him, and he said, I didn't care for the GBC. That's what he said. So anyway, so far we're together. <laughs> Every year, you know, there's one one thing or another because it's very hard to have a unified Hare Krishna movement all over the world from people from all different places, and, and uh, not everybody's a pure devotee. That's not to be expected. You know, and some people are good at management, but maybe not so spiritually advanced. So they do management. Bhakti Siddhanta had that, so that's what's going to happen. Yeah. The one? Split yeah. Off groups yeah. From ISKCON. I haven't kind of thought of it like that uh, before, but what are the groups then? Who are the split off groups? Besides the Rithiks? The yeah, they're, they're the Rithiks. Then there's uh, Triparari, for example. He's got his own kind of movement. He was uh, one of the people who. Uh, was not one of the original people who were gurus and uh, uh, he became very much influenced by one of Prabhupada's god brothers uh, and uh, so he has you know a following that uh, this is his own following his own, own kind of thing uh, they're pretty much preaching orthodox Krishna consciousness they probably don't I don't know what what their practices are. He may not require 16 rounds a day or something like that. I'm not sure. But, uh, but uh, he is, you know, uh, and there are other groups that are kind of uh, more inclined to other members of the Gaudiya Mata or other Vaishnavas. That's, but at least active in, in America is Tripurari. Who else? Do you know? C.S. Roop. Yeah. Huh? C.S. Roop. Yeah, so that was an early one. That happened during Prabhupada's time, actually. There was. Uh, so C.S. Roop has got his own movement. I, 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 most of his people are around the Pacific Ocean. So that 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 that's that group, and uh, yeah, there are others actually. Now that I think of who's what's this the German devotee? No, that's huh? uh, Swami. Yeah, he's another one. You know, he's got his. These are not big movements, but they're independent Gaudiya Vaishnava gurus, you might say. Or to one extent or another, they've adapted Krishna consciousness. Um, but the, the point of being unified is that when you are working together, 
you know, if five people go out to do something, and they're competent people, they can accomplish something. If those five people work together, then it's the equivalent force of maybe 15 or 20 people, just by organization. And, and, and so, Prabhupada very much stressed that we should be organized, and that he wanted us to be organized. And to me, with some of these people who've gone up, their main thing is they don't really like to have an authority over them, and that's why they really split off. But the but I mean, Prabhupada was just very was very high. Priority for him that we should be organized. If, if you can't get along, okay, you should still practice Krishna consciousness. That's another thing. You can be independent, still practice. He didn't say people st- stop practicing Krishna consciousness. I'm sure all these split-off groups are probably doing more, um, doing good in some way or another. Maybe reach people that that ISKCON doesn't uh, doesn't uh, doesn't uh, reach them. But, uh, yeah, then other people became uh, followers of Narayan Maharaj in one way or another, you know, this, uh, these, these kind of things. So, uh, this not not horrible, but, but the idea of being unified, I think, was very, very, very important as you Prabhupada, and it should be given a very high uh, regard, and we should keep trying to unify people if we can. We do that. The GBC does anyway. Yeah. Pulling in the comments about um, fault finding, um, would you say it's true that fault finding in its in its own nature is, is a very isolating sort of activity that mm-hmm. isolates a person and, and therefore we go against you know, Prabhupada's desire for unification? Yeah, it's true. That's that's the, the, the Prabhupada said that when you find fault with somebody. You point the finger, but there's three fingers pointing back at you. Because usually fault-finding means that there's something wrong in yourself that you don't want to recognize. <clears throat> so I saw on early on as my experience as a temple president, one very lustful brahmachari who was always going around accusing other men of looking at women. But he was the one that was... <laughs> So, like a lot of times, fault finding is autobiographical. You're really describing yourself and what you hate about yourself. You don't want to look at, but you see it in in, in others. So then, it, 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 yeah. Then when you are finding fault with other people, you're you're isolated. You're separated. Yeah. Because because this term isolation is hell. It's not that in hell there's any society. You know, if, even if you look at hellish societies in, 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 uh, like gangsters, they're all ready to kill each other. They have a gang together, but they're all like, at any minute they can have a. And it's usually somebody who's really strong who holds them all together simply by the exercise of fear that they, they, they stay together. Fear is also isolating. There's no love. 
uh, uh, so so uh, so hell is isolation, and our we are looking uh, for our our highest goal in life is to be integrated, to be integrated, to be accepted by say the six Goswamis. That's a group already. That's a society. They're there, and there are people around them. And we would like it if they somehow we were qualified to recognize you can come in and be one of us. You, you can, you 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 can help us gather firewood or whatever. You know, okay. Because because Krishna is supremely personal. He's supremely social. And your personality doesn't come out and develop except in relationships with other people. So therefore Krishna has so many different relationships with so many different devotees. And we're supposed to join that group or some particular group among those, depending on. And, and of course, those of us in Lord Chaitanya's mission will be in two places. We'll be in Chaitanya Lila and in Krishna Lila. So that's joining societies. The opposite of isolation, integration, ultimate integration. It's very interesting because oftentimes when somebody is in the mode of fault finding, kind of underneath that is a desire to be accepted, to to show I look at how good I am compared to all of mm -hmm. you, so you should accept me. But in, in the result is usually a Separate, separation. Nobody yeah. wanted to be around him. Nobody wanted to be around him. Yeah, he's fault all the time. It's, <clears throat> here comes Ramachandra Puri. Let's go find someplace else to be, huh? <coughs> yeah, yeah. You get the opposite of what you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then, is it okay if you stop now? To, yeah. Otherwise, we're not getting to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Thank you. I'm just talking there. I'm relying on you to tell me when to stop. Yeah. Okay. We could go on the whole day like this. Ah, of course we could, yeah, but we have other things to do, I understand. Yeah, thank you very much. Jai. Jai. Jai.